Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with The Fall Guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Gators Breakdown. The Gators Fan Podcast, because there's never a dull moment in Gator Nation. Gators Breakdown is ready to go. I'm your host, David Waters, and you can find me on Twitter at GatorDave underscore SEC. Joining me on this episode of Gators Breakdown is co-host and founder of ReadAndReaction.com. That's Will Miles. You can find him on Twitter at WillMilesSCC. Well, uh, we're following up uh, our Kentucky preview with our the, the Jim McElwain Bowl when Florida hosts Colorado State. Hey, man, the only thing that would be better is if they had Nussmeyer as the offensive coordinator. If they'd, <laughs> if they'd, if, if they'd hired him back over there. I don't think they did that, though. So uh, so this game, so they might be able to score more than 20 points. <laughs> they do have a familiar face, though. So, of course, you know, we'll get to that. But most people know uh, Mike Bobo is the head coach there at Colorado State. But, before we get there, remember you can find all your Gators Breakdown episodes on news4jacks.com slash Gators Breakdown. There you'll find all the Gators Breakdown episodes as well as articles from the News for Jacks sports team. That's news4jacks.com slash Gators Breakdown. Also, listen on iTunes, Google Play, and YouTube if you want the video version there. Uh, and follow Gators Breakdown on Twitter and Facebook at Gators Breakdown. So, Will, we did mention uh, this is the Jim McElwain Bowl. This is a, a game when – Florida hired Jim McElwain to be the coach to help with the buyout part of the uh, contract. Uh, Florida scheduled Colorado State, and then Jim McElwain is not even head coach to see this game played in the swamp. <laughs> well, you know, I mean, he, he'd still be around if he hadn't been making up death threats and things like that. So, <laughs> so I think Colorado State won in this whole endeavor because they got rid of McElwain and uh, and got the game with Florida, which. Uh, you know, certainly, I'm sure that they got they're getting paid to come to Gainesville to uh, to play this game. But uh, you know, Colorado State is a legitimate opponent. This is mm-hmm. not a this is not a cupcake, um, you know, game where they've scheduled the Citadel or something like that. This is a legitimate opponent, and I think that they're going to have to take them seriously as a legitimate opponent, particularly considering that they're going on the road a couple of weeks in a row after this, and and certainly the uh, the Tennessee and Mississippi State games are going to be things that are at the forefront of the players' minds, and and it. It's it's a place where you can see them potentially overlooking Colorado State. Yeah, and also like I mentioned, they have a they have a, a guy leading their program and Mike Bobo who knows the, the the Florida program. You know, he's not uh, 
he's not going to be shell shot by going to play Florida. All his years at Georgia, played at Georgia, offensive coordinator at Georgia under Mark Rick. Uh, he gets the job uh, at Colorado State after Jim McElwain was hired at Florida. And, you know, they had their third straight seven and six season last year. So they're, they they were expecting a little more uh, under Bobo. It is, it is his first head coaching gig uh, after leaving Georgia. But this is a guy, you know, of course it's Dan Mullen in his first year. So it, Bobo is not really going to know. Uh, you know, there's not a lot of tape on Florida and Mullen, so it's not like uh, he has a lot of tape to to base anything off of. But he does know the program itself pretty well. Yeah, I mean, you know, it, it's um, – I think we put a little bit too much stock in that other than the fact that his players might really want to get one against Florida just because yeah. the, just because he's from Georgia and they know how much it means to him. But, uh, you know, certainly I think seven and six is not what people imagine coming off of some of the success that McIlwain was having at Colorado mm-hmm. State because three straight years of seven and six would not have flown with the Florida <laughs> with the Florida fan base when Jeremy Foley went out there to hire McIlwain. I think there was some trepidation there anyway, but certainly, uh, certainly McIlwain had a much better track record at Colorado State than Bobo has thus far. Um, you know, why that is, is is something they can probably answer better than we can. But, uh, you know, it, it's uh, – it's, I don't know that necessarily that uh, the Bo was doing a bad job, but I don't know that he's definitely been a home run hire by any means. Yeah, and you know, it probably should have could have been a, a better season last year. They played a really good Boise State team uh, down to a 59-52 loss. Uh, they had four losses in the final five games last year, and that's how they ended up going seven and six. So it was looking good at one point, and then they just kind of faltered down the stretch uh, there. Uh, star quarterback Nick Stevens, he's gone. Um, three all-conference linemen. Uh, now uh, a Cowboy wide receiver who was drafted, Michael Gallup, uh, there. He was drafted by the Cowboys last uh, last spring in the NFL draft. Uh, leading rusher, Jalen Dawkins. Um, but he's also gone as well. But the grad transfer, K.J. Carter-Samuels is going to come in. Uh, so we'll see if he can be the guy that will end up leading this uh, offense into uh, getting Bobo over that seven and six nod. Yeah, well, you mentioned that they were a little bit unlucky in sort of the last second losses, but you know they were two and three in one score games, so it's not as if they didn't have a little bit of luck go in their favor as well. So you know they were legitimately a seven six team, I think. If you look at it, that the expected wins based on their point differential was 7.7. So maybe they underperformed a little bit and they scored 434 points, which, you know, is 200 more than Florida scored last year. So it's a, it's a significant bump in offense and it's going to be interesting to see. It's sort of the, the irresistible force meeting the immovable object here with, uh, with Florida's offense not being able to score much at all last year, but Colorado State's defense really couldn't stop anybody either. So 361 points given up last year compared to 300 for Florida, but certainly uh, that was sort of a down year for the Gators. Um, From a quarterback perspective, you know, like you said, um, KJ Carter Samuels is, is, is coming into Colorado State. He's, he is a four-star recruit. Went to Washington, I believe, and now is a is a grad transfer starting at Colorado State. So it's a brand new quarterback. So you can't really necessarily believe that the success that Bobo had last year with his incumbent is going to transfer over. But this is the kind of guy who probably would be able to do that sort of thing um, if if in fact uh, you know his pedigree says that he would be able to. Um, if you look at what he did while he was at Washington. Um, you know, not real good, but only 47 pass attempts, but he only averaged 6.6 yards per attempt. He rushed 15 times and, uh, and, and really just did, did not, uh, you know, had 
negative yardage in those rushes. So not real productive there. In high school, he completed 54% of his passes, 9.5 yards per completion. He did run at a five-yard per part five-yard per rush clip, though. So 129 runs for 632 yards. So that is something I think you can look for. Um, you know, Colorado State and Bobo's offense isn't necessarily predicated on the quarterback running, but in this case, I think Carter Samuels has some of those skills that Bobo is going to have to use in order to be successful because he's not somebody who's highly accurate. You know, it's not somebody that you would expect to see in like a tip in, a, in an air raid offense or something like that, where he's chucking it all over the place and completing 70% of his passes. That's just not who Carter, Sam, Carter Samuels is. Yeah. You probably could go back. If you wanted to look at Mike Bobo in a type of offense, you know, Aaron Murray had some mobility. Uh, and Carter Samuels probably has a little more than he does. So it may be just be, uh, where it kind of plays out that it's just really another dimension to the attack. You're still going to play within that offense that we saw at Georgia for so long. Although this was an offense that was ranked 11th in the nation last year. We mentioned everything they lost, but if Carter Samuels can can kind of live up to that four-star billing, use his legs as a, a part of his attack, then maybe he's the guy that can help you know keep that offense at, at a pretty high rate. Uh, and going back to Carter Samuels, as you mentioned, he sat behind Jake Browning at Washington. Um, but then he wanted to he had to go somewhere else, but he wasn't gonna play at Washington, of course. Transferred to UCLA. Wilson Spate from Michigan goes to UCLA. Uh so you kind of saw what happened there. Uh he won't be able to play uh much there. And also, you know, Chip Kelly's now head coach at UCLA. So probably a lot of things were, were coming into play there. Uh, but he has a now a chance at Colorado State to really uh be the guy there and hopefully live up to that four star billing. Yeah, well, you know, that's one of the things that people have sort of either either accepted or still kind of mad about are these guys who uh, who find the place where they can find playing time and use the grad transfer rules to enable to enable themselves to do that. So, you know, Carter Samuels has one year left. He's certainly been in some college programs over the last two or three years learning offenses. And maybe that maybe that helps him make a quick transition that he learned the Washington offense, learned the UCLA offense, and now he's going to have to learn the, uh, the Colorado State offense. But at the end of the day, he's got, you know, whatever, 47 passes attempts in college and we don't really have and and not not a high school record that that screams star to me um so i i think um anytime you make a transition from a quarterback who put up numbers like colorado state's quarterback did last year um, i think and and really over the four years that he was there i think you need to you need to expect a little bit of a drop off but but offense hasn't really been the problem for colorado yeah. state and, and so mm -hmm. i'm not sure that anybody's all right all that concerned i mean i think you kind of feel like um you know, you feel like it's gonna it's gonna carry on just because the structure's there, the players are there. You're in a conference where there's gonna be a pretty decent, uh, where there's pretty decent, pretty decent, decent offensive production from just about all the teams that are there. Um, but uh, <laughs> but defense is where you really start to get concerned. Yeah. Before we move to that side, um, they definitely have to replace Michael Gallup, as we as we said, uh, drafted by the Cowboys. Caught a hundred passes last year for a little over fourteen hundred yards. But now this year is going to be probably the Johnson and Johnson show uh, for um, for Colorado State uh, senior. Uh, oh, I don't know how if I can say his name right. Ola B C Johnson. I'm going with that. Will there we go? Um, That's what I would have done. Yeah, I'm this way. We're not going to pretend to know a whole lot about Colorado State. This is just a whole lot of research going into this. So. <laughs> uh, but he was second on the team last year with 41 catches. But they also get a big uh, Tennessee transfer, Preston Johnson, uh, who's coming in. So, look, they, they're going to have some transfers of Carter Samuels and now Preston – or Preston Williams, my bad. So it won't be the Johnson and Joshua. So I made um, 
I made. Uh, I was trying to make a joke up, but it didn't work there. Uh, <laughs> like I said, yeah, don't know a whole lot about him. Uh, but I do remember uh, Preston Williams, you know, being the Tennessee guy, um, suspended uh, after being arrested last year. Now he transfers over to Colorado State, 6'4", 210-pound uh, wide receiver, really fast, a lot of athleticism. Apparently, this past spring, you know, he really showed out uh, at wide receiver there. Yeah, well, they're going to have to hope so because, like you mentioned, Gallup had 100 catches and averaged 14 yards a catch. Now, if you look at old B.C. Johnson, he had 41 catches for 595, so he averaged 14 and a half as well. Warren Jackson got 15, had 15 receptions for 265 yards, so 17.7. So they have some weapons there, and, and if Preston Williams, who, you know, a high, high four-star caliber athlete, so he's somebody who, you know, people are really, really pushing and uh, for, you know, Micah Pittman as a potential Gator and he's rated higher than Pittman is. <laughs> and so Preston Williams, at least coming out of high school, people thought was very, very, very good and, and didn't leave Tennessee because of performance concerns, but left because of because of legal ones, like you already mentioned. So um, you know, I, I think when you look at when you look at that, you know, we mentioned in the Kentucky preview that they were losing that they were bringing in a new quarterback and that they were bringing in a bunch of new receivers, or at least very unproven receivers. I think in this case, Colorado State has some proven receivers. And the question will be whether Carter Samuels or somebody else can step in and make and and make those receivers successful. Because certainly last year under Nick Stevens, um, those guys were successful even if they were in secondary roles. Yep. And now uh you mentioned the defense and the problems they've had there. Uh, we'll move over to the, to that side of the ball now. Um, last year, Mike Bobo got rid of him. Uh, defensive staff, they're gone. Uh, after they gave up 27.8 points a game last year and 432 yards uh, a game, now steps in their new defensive coordinator, John Jessick. If he sounds familiar, he's a former uh, Tennessee defensive coordinator. Um, last year, they struggled overall, but they did at you know 18 takeaways. Pretty good stat there. 27 sacks. Not bad there either. Uh, but here we go. Top two pass rushers and four of the top eight tacklers are gone. So, you know, they struggled against the run last year, giving up 200. Uh, well, they struggled up there uh, against the run, but they also gave up 245 yards uh, 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 passing as well. So this is when Jason comes in, he's going to have his work cut out for him. Yeah, the defensive stat I like looking at is is yards per play. Um, that that to me, you know, all of a sudden takes pace out of it because you're not looking at, you know, if, if a team runs 80 plays, they can give up 400 and something yards. It's not terrible because it's divided by 80 mm -hmm. rather than divided by 60. So Colorado State was 108th out of all against FBS opponents, gave up 6.3 yards per play. Um, so if you compare that to some of the teams like Alabama who gave up 3.9 <laughs> yards per play, so you know almost three full yards more than what Alabama was given up. And, and that, that, uh, or I guess two and a half yards more than Alabama was given up, but on a per play basis, that's a significant, significant jump. So yeah, they were, uh, they were not real good last year on defense. It, it is reflective in the number of points they gave up and also um, in sort of the underlying stats as well. And, and uh, you know, hopefully the new defensive coordinators bring in some of those bricks from Tennessee because he's <laughs> going to need them. Because like you said, they've lost some of the guys who were their leading tacklers last year. And, uh, you know, I'm not necessarily sure that they're, that they're shoring that up anymore. Um, you know, they do have Josh Watson, who was their leading tackler last year, who's coming back. So he had 109 tackles, but, 
he's a middle linebacker and he only had five tackles for loss and two sacks, which to me indicates that the defensive line is getting occupied and he's, um, you know, and he's being forced to make some tackles after, after they've gotten blown back a little bit, because otherwise if the defensive line was doing its job, a middle linebacker with that many tackles would have a lot more tackles behind the line of scrimmage. There's just not a lot of explosion on the Colorado state defense. And, you know, to be honest, I'm not sure we should expect it from them. They're not necessarily, they're certainly not highly rated recruits. Um, this is something where, you know, this isn't, this isn't playing Charleston Southern, but this isn't playing Kentucky. I mean, Kentucky from a talent profile is significantly better than Colorado State. And so, you know, the expectation for Florida should be a win and a convincing one. Yeah. And part of the reason for that convincing win should be look, when just by thinking, when an SEC team plays a Mountain West team, automatically you should think physicality, you should think being able to push them around. And that's, Definitely what should happen in this game. They're not big up front at all. Projected starters on their defensive line, 275-pound average. So this is where Florida should be able to use that offensive line, use that experienced offensive line, and do what Dan Mullen wants to do best, and that is just submit that defense into uh, just by running and running and running over them time after time again. Yeah, I mean, if you look at if you look at the overall, Colorado State is eighty two point two in the twenty four seven recruiting rankings for the starting twenty two. Florida's at ninety one point three, so nine percentage points higher. I mean, it's really the difference between sort of a lower four star candidate and a lower three star candidate is what we're looking at in terms. So you know, from maybe a top two fifty player to a you know top 2000 player is sort of yeah. the difference in here. And if you look at the defensive line, which again is a place that I tend to look, Colorado state's even lower. They're at 81.7 mm. and Florida's at 91.8. So to your point, the idea of being able to knock them back and run the ball is it, it's not as if they have three studs in the defensive line who are going to be able to hold up and allow those linebackers to roam. They just don't have them there and it's going to cause problems. And there's a reason why they have, they have struggled on defense. And part of it is just a talent thing. Um, it's a lot easier to cover up some of those gaps on offense and talent than it is on defense. And so uh, Bobo's guys work cut out for him, especially in this game. Yeah, and a part, another thing, too, is when you run the ball like this, you know, you should be getting third and short situations uh, for your offense there. And last year for Colorado State, that allowed teams to convert 44%, 44% of their third down chances there. So, Will, when it's all said and done, we've looked at the offense, we've looked at the defense. Florida should be 3-0 after this game. I mean, you know, three home games, the talent profiles of each of the teams is are um, significantly worse than the Gators. Dan Mullen has a history of being able to uh, beat teams that have less talent than he does at Mississippi State, at least. And so, yeah, the the expectation is that Florida needs to be 3-0 out of the gate. And they have to be 3-0 out of the gate because it's not, you know, it, it gets much, much harder after this. And if they're 2-1 and one <laughs> going, going into the, the stretch on the road that's coming up, they're going to have some issues. All right. Well, I think uh did it again. That was a good one. Hey, for, man. for a team we don't know a whole lot about. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, it is interesting when you look at this because I, I hadn't really realized the difference in talent between the Mountain West teams and the and just and the lower tier SEC teams. I mean, so if if we look at the talent profile of of Kentucky, they're at eighty seven point one and Colorado's at eighty two point two. So even when you look at teams that don't recruit well in the SEC compared to a team that's you know middle of the pack in the in the mountain in the in, in the Mountain West, you know, it's it's just night and day difference. And so when people talk about how much more difficult it is to win in the SEC, this is what they're talking about is that you're playing a team way better than Colorado State 
every week. And even if you look at Vanderbilt, they're at 85.6. So <laughs> Vanderbilt has significantly more talent than Colorado State. And so, yeah, Florida should win this game because they're playing a team that's worse than Vanderbilt. Absolutely. Uh, so there we go, our uh, Colorado State preview. Next one, Will, is going to be pretty big. It's uh, Dan Mullen's first big, huge rivalry game. It'll be Florida-Tennessee. Hey, man, I'm going to be at that one. I'm excited. Yeah, there we go. There we go. All right, Will will be at Rocky Top, and we'll preview that game uh, next. You can find Will on Twitter at WillMilesSEC and his work at ReadAndReaction.com. I'm your host of Gator Breakdown, David Waters. You can find me on Twitter at GatorDave underscore SEC. Guys and girls out there, thanks for listening to this episode of Gator Breakdown.